This is a podcast for the living. And we're your hosts, Graham and Saul. And we're here to share with you all kinds of creative, educational, inspirational, straight from the heart, content that could change your life. What? Okay. Podcast. Hi guys, um, Hello. welcome to episode 6 I think this is. Number 6. We just had a really good um, live stream, pre-live stream to, to the podcast. Yeah. That's Which, something. I think we're going to try and start doing that a bit more now. Um, it's a nice way to warm us up and it's also yeah. a good way to kind of uh, get our heads in the right space and to touch base with everybody as well. Well, that's the thing is like we, to do a podcast or to do even a YouTube channel, there's a level of lack of engagement. Like we're just doing this mm. and we have to wait to post the episode to get feedback. So doing the live beforehand kind of helps us to engage with people yeah. and make what we're doing a bit more relevant or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so that it was really nice. It it I think it both relax relaxed us both a bit and mm-hmm. helped us to get into the podcast zone. Mhm. We're we don't really necessarily have a topic this time, um, but we're going to delve into some of the stuff I think that we touched in the live a little bit. Um, uh, introducing a few concepts. Um, we're planning on having our dad uh, featured on episode 10. Um, and that is quite important. Um, for us. For us, and I think for a lot of people as well. Um, it's he. The only way to really explain this is he's a very well-renowned energy worker here in the city. Um, and not just well-renowned in the city. He's very well-known uh, in his circles all over the place. Um, the only way to really explain it is he's booked many, many, many months in advance. Uh, it's hard to get your way into a treatment with him. Yeah. Um, which I don't... We're not going to go into the into depths of what he does. When he's on the podcast, we'll explore it a lot more. But I think uh, going into the next few episodes, we're going to start to introduce some of the topics that we may talk talk about because there's a lot. There's a lot there. It's um, it's something that Graham and I are both sometimes scared to talk about because in his lifetime, let's say he was, in my mind, he's ahead of his time in a sense, and especially living in a place like Saskatchewan. Uh, so, so a lot of the stuff that he was talking about 20 years ago is stuff that is more widely accepted now, but 20 years ago it was really not so accepted. And it's even, you know, if you talk about it, let's say, I mean, this is a great thing to, to talk about too, but if you talk about some of these subjects in a public sphere, you'll be alienated for sure. There's, um, and not always, but a lot of places that you go to with these kind of ideas, these new age energetic concepts, um, they're not as accepted as you would want them to be. I think less, like, I think they're more accepted now. No doubt. It's 100% getting better, by all means. But, and it's not like it was 20 years ago, but there's still a level of 
because there's so little understanding around the subjects and it's only now that science is starting to even allow the exploration of it and people are delving into it and now I would say with you know YouTube and all these other platforms we're starting to see it talked about more publicly but it's still at least in my world I'm always kind of very delicate about who I talk to uh, about these subjects because I don't know and I don't want to I don't want to put my beliefs on you or force them on you if, if those aren't yours either. Um, now, I will say in my world that I've been, I feel lucky to have in, in my circles to have really connected with people who have levels of this, of what we're talking, the spiritual stuff that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. They have aspects that they understand and I feel like in a weird way, the place we're living in Saskatchewan, a lot of the younger people are more tuned into this stuff than, than, than not. And on, on some level, they're tuned yes. into it. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I've had a lot of conversations with people around that. And I feel like I shouldn't have the fear that I have around it sometimes. Yeah. Where if I'm worried that if I go into the depth of what I understand about myself about it, that it is a bit woo-woo. That's the word I would use, woo-woo. Yeah, which, woo -woo -woo. which, you know, we, 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 in the live, we really delved into it, which I don't know that we'll get into it as much in this episode, but- We might. Uh, we might, you never know. <laughs> but, um, man, it's a really, it's a really strange and complicated thing because it's it's stuff that's so. I'm, re I'm remembering to look more at you than than the camera. Than yeah. the camera and half, I mean, for you who are who are listening, that doesn't that doesn't matter at all. But yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's. I think Graham and I are both performers, so mm. so we tend to want to address the audience and talk to the audience. But I think that in this day and age, people enjoy more if we just engage in our conversation, and. They Feel, get, they, feels more natural then. They get to be fly on the wall. Yeah, they get to observe. So continue being a fly on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but I was just saying that it's very, it's a strange thing. It's uh, like you can talk about it from, let's say, the uh, social ex acceptance lens where you've got the commonly accepted worldview or the belief right now that exists in the world that's all based off of a scientific system or a religious system on the other side, right? So you've got one system that is science that says we need to measure absolutely everything. We need to be able to define it specifically. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got religion, which says you need to believe everything. You just have to believe it. So it's like right now, it seems like what needs to happen is a marriage of the two where we find the balance in the middle where we blend what we know from science and we bring together what we know from religions and, and from spirituality and from all these different topics and find a middle ground for them where we can both have belief and faith combined in one, in one uh, belief and faith, proof or whatever you want to call it and faith all blended together. Which um, is actually a great way to describe our relationship because yeah, actually, yeah. you tend to come more from the side of proof and yeah. and uh, and having the science behind things, yeah. and then I come more from the like intuitive and believe. I just believe it, and you know. If you 
you believe it, but it's not like it's just a, it's a belief based on a feeling and a belief it's, based on an intuition. It's belief based on my own data collection, but I'm not, I'm collecting it in my subconscious. I'm not collecting it into a piece of, into a booklet that I therefore can reference and cross-reference, yeah, cross-reference uh, against other data points and stuff. like. Mm. Like I probably could and I probably should. Going forward, I probably, every time I have one of these experiences, likely, hey, that might be just a great idea that I need mm -hmm. to start doing from now on, is that when I have one of these experiences, just trying to like journal just about jot, it. Just write it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be because there's, there's a lot of the stuff that happens, but the reason why, like my journey has more been, so from a young age, I was told that these things existed. And then, but the world around me didn't reflect that these things existed, right? Mm -hmm. So then it was like this journey of finding that belief, not necessarily in the, from the world. I can't, I can't find this world, I, I can't find the belief from the world around me because the world around me is living in a different world, a different reality. Yeah, the world wants to be rigid, rigid and mechanistic and follow certain rules and yes. say, you know, th it's this way and science has proved it and so therefore it is instead of, you know, well, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. No, that's 100%, yeah. like, like, like our medical system, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of nurses mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people who are in nursing and so they're part of this system. And the hard part about that for me is that I believe that there's a different way that we can heal and, and work through things. Mm. But those people have trained under this science their whole life. And this science is, is fact to them, right? Yeah. And I still, I still love and respect these people. Yeah. I just believe that there's another way about things. And that like a prime example that a lot of people know nowadays is Wim Hof. Yeah. Someone who through science yeah. has proved these things. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's almost like it's this slow process in this matter of time where there's more people like this Wim Hof. Well, let's, so let's talk about what Wim Hof has proven because not everybody's going to know. Yeah. So if, uh, for example, Wim Hof is the Iceman for anybody who doesn't know. And, and basically uh, the journey or what I understand of what Wim Hof's background is, is uh, he was very depressed and sad. I can't, I don't his know. Wife his took, wife took her took life. Her life. Okay. Yeah. So, and then he was in this really dark place and he realized that sometimes he could find his happiness in the moment. And I, th I don't know exactly what the process was to get him to this place. Maybe you know a bit more about the background. I just know that when this happened, uh, his reaction was to go to the cold. Yeah, he was yes. He was intuitively drawn to the cold. Yeah. And so he didn't go to the cold based on science. No. He went, on the cold, he went to the cold based on intuition mm. and a feeling and a draw that pulled him there. Yeah. And he just stuck to this to help him cure his depression and, and be there for his kids. And so, and so what it was, was he would submerge himself into incredible cold, like ice cold water. And he found that in those moments, he would end up in this thing where he would be, he would just be so happy. He would find happiness in that moment. And so uh, that was the beginning of the process. But, you know, how many years later in his journey, as he realized how important that was, and then he delved into it more and more and more, brought people along the path, then he, because he had done so many things that, that 
people were already not really believing. Then he brought some scientists into the picture and started studying him and his process, whether that be his breathing techniques or his uh, submersion techniques yeah. as well. So the one study that they did is they did submerge him into a tank of ice and they took his body temperature and he managed to keep his body temperature at like, I can't remember what it was, but he, he managed to keep his body temperature like above the freezing and he was actually melting the ice. So this is like, this is a real human doing yeah. this. Yeah. And so then when you, when you go back to I mean, we can continue on his story really quick, yep. where it's a real human, they have to keep adding this ice. So then another test that he did going forward is he had them actually inject him with, I don't know, some sort of virus or yep. something. And he did his breath work and he removed it. Now they thought maybe he's a special case. Yep. So then he took a, pe a group of people and trained these people. They had never done his shit before. Mm -hmm. And he trained them to do it. And they injected this whole team of these brand new people. Guess what? Everybody did it. Mm -hmm. So then you look at a case like that, and then you also look at our current medical system, and... Who would not even go near that. No. And you just think that, like, our current medical system is about slapping a Band-Aid on things, right? Okay, let's, let's talk about something crazy. Uh, we can come back to Wim Hof, but, like, the placebo effect on its own. We just ignore the fact that 30% of people who uh, believe that they will overcome something. Like if you give someone a sugar pill and tell them it's gonna cure their cancer or whatever, 30% yeah. of people who get the placebo are miraculously healed from it. They can heal tumors. They've, been, they've seen un in unbelievable things happen. And yeah. we just, the whole medical system ignores the fact that 30% of cases just Disappear. So what is that? There's another stat I heard, which is like that the the doctor is responsible for a high percentage of yes. whether yes. or not totally. somebody will cure based on their attitude yeah. that they're giving them. Yeah. So uh, Sweden or Switzerland has implemented a program where uh, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but people who have cancer, instead of telling them that they have cancer right away, they have the physicians literally come in and lie to the patient. The physician then contacts their, uh, their next of kin or the person closest to them and says, okay, this person has this, we're not gonna let them know. What you need to do is get them to stick to a rigid diet and follow these specific things. And so they get them to follow the healthy protocol, but they don't actually tell the person that they're ill. And so they're just taking advantage of the placebo effect. And yes, uh, there was, it was the statistic was something like the physician is the number one reason why a person will recover or not. Yeah, I remember. I think that was Greg Braden or something that was talking about that. But so, something like that, yeah. where yeah, basically, if the doctor says, "Well, you will never walk again," most people are going to believe that. Now yeah. there there are some obscure cases where the type of person gets told that and they're like, excuse me, who, yeah. who are you to tell me that? And then they use that as motivation to then make them, you know, I'm walking again. Yeah. But not everybody's like that. A lot of people just take the face value of our medical system and the science and the world that we're in. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, so living in this world, to go back to what I was saying in the beginning, yeah. is like living in this world where I 100% believe that there's this other reality and this other way to do things. Mm. So then, but then reflect, only reflecting and seeing this other world that is based in whatever the hell it's based in and 
So it, it was really tough when I was young. It was really confusing. But then you, 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 you find little... There's little pockets of the yeah. believers or those who have, who have proven an alternative way of thinking to themselves. And, you know, I think um, I, would, I would say that our generation kind of, you know, like the law of attraction came out, was really popular, and then there was all this spiritual stuff that came to the surface. And, you know... Jay Shetty's really popular. Jay Shetty, exactly. There's all these spiritual people that are... that are More in the mainstream. That are more in the mainstream, and that certainly wasn't the way 20 years ago or however long ago. So it definitely is more... There's more information available. There's, there's an awakening definitely happening. So then back to the fear thing, which is like... For me, it's the fear of what has happened to our dad, which is like growing up and seeing people kind of scoff at him and all his information, yeah. right? Yeah. Seeing him laughed at, and so then it built maybe built up this fear of like, ooh, I'm kind of nervous to talk about these things because yeah. I don't want to be laughed at. Yeah, you don't want to be alienated. No. And as a whole, unless you're with people who are are on this uh, side of the coin, there is going to be a tendency to, like you said, think it's wooey. And, you know, give it a hundred years and it will be in a different place. Totally. I, lo I love the example of when you think about a hundred years ago and you say, okay, well, even if I went and told the most advanced scientist at the time, maybe not the most because they would probably believe it, but let's say you told the is say you went to a school and you started telling people a hundred years ago that everyone's going to have cell phones in a hundred years, these fucking devices that can communicate with anywhere it's in the world. Example. And they'd be like, no, you're psycho, dude. There's no way. That's impossible. Oh, how about, oh, oh yeah, here's another thing that's going to happen. You know, 200 years ago, you're saying, yeah, we're going to go jump on a fucking metal plane or a metal thing and it's going to fly me around the world, you know. Like, no, you're not going to believe these things because they're, they're so beyond what you know. Yeah. Um, I, I'll mention the name right now. I'm, I'm not going to get into it much, but Nassim Haramin is on the edge right now of, like, literally on the edge of the most incredible science that is available that I've been studying. I mean, he's doing things that are absolutely phenomenal. And he's talking about things that... that Prior to listening to him speak, I knew were possible, but I didn't realize how close we were to those things. The you know the ideas ideas from Star Trek and the Jetsons and these things that are like whoa this is this is beyond man this is. I will say though, Graham, that you are you are an engineer. Like you you might not have gone and done the schooling, you might not have. You might not have the certificates or whatever, but the way that your brain actually works is you can understand very high-level concepts. And I, I started watching him on um, Gaia. Yeah. I started watching his series. I mean, granted, I watched it when I was sleepy. Yeah. But like, uh, I was I was in bed. I was I was going to sleep. I wanted to inundate myself with, with some, some of his brilliance <laughs> before I slept. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, so I need to watch it during the day, and I yeah. need to watch a, a ton of the stuff. But, yeah. but yes, he is the 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 concepts. They're I know they're they're not easy to grasp. Yeah, and, which is why like he has an academy, uh, the Re the Resonance Foundation, which is great. But 
that's I haven't recommended anyone to it because when I when I'm studying it, I'm having to like reread things a bunch of times and like go back in the video to even process what was just had said. Yes. Because of engineer's bias, which is yes. You, if you guys don't know what engineer's bias is, you it's basically when you've got. Um, an engineer or a person who's very advanced in a subject they've studied for, you know, 20, 30 years, which is part of the challenge we're going to have with our dad when he comes on, is they get so advanced and so far away from what their initial phase of learning was that it's very difficult to communicate to the, the, the person who has not studied the subject matter at all. And so engineer's bias, actually, it happens in engineering all the time where the engineer knows all this stuff and they're trying to communicate to the people who go and manufacture it, and they can't. So in um, diagrams and stuff, they give such detailed instructions for the people who are manufacturing to try and bypass the bias. So uh, anyway, I can't remember why I started telling that. Okay, I have an interesting... Yeah, yeah, I have an yeah. interesting yeah. thought, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but from that live I had sort of an intuition, and it, the, mm -hmm. the live we just did, it kind of recorrected something in my brain, because okay. I, I was getting all messed up in my head and thinking that I was not relatable to people. I was, I was thinking that because I couldn't properly explain these things, but then in that, in that live I came to realize that most of the world right now is relying on intuition because we've been forced into not researching things and so we've been forced into this kind of like just believing stuff so I've realized that like my intuitive way of doing the spirituality is actually really useful to the average person because it yeah. allows them without having to do this massive amount of studying to access the beginner levels of it or whatever well I don't I think that I would argue like that just like the uh, science and religion thing, there's kind of two groups of people. You'll have the people who need to deeply research and understand, and then those who can go into it more just from a heart perspective and believe based on their experiences and their feelings, and they don't need as much proof. I mean, I'm even saying that like there's less people who read books now. There's less people who, oh, yeah. who are yeah, yeah. like technically intellectuals and yeah. who spend more time uh, uh, taking in stuff like Netflix mm. and stuff. Like I'm saying like you and dad are kind of a rare case where you guys will study and study and study. And there's other intellectuals, 100%. Old. Yeah. Right? So it's as if like, it's as if like the person would have to come not they don't have to but this is a scenario where yeah. they could come to me and learn the basics of the intuition and like just inundate with with the stuff that they could learn without having to have this immense understanding of it and then they build up a level of understanding to then talk to like you where it's you're coming from this like it, more complex yeah i know i know exactly what you mean yeah i, th I think um i think it's gonna it depends always on where the person is at in their journey, right? Yeah. Somebody, somebody could be so, um, so advanced intellectually in their understanding of what the what the the spiritual math is, let's say, but then have never seen it applied or never seen they don't, proof in they this world. They don't know world, right? the inner standing. Yeah, they don't have the inner standing, exactly. Where, um, I love using the example of Alex Gray because clearly that's a person who can see. If you look at his books and his paintings, 
he can see all of the energy. You can't paint like that. And what, okay, whether he can see it on his eyes or not, I don't know. Yeah. But this is a fascinating topic, and I'll, I'm, I'm gonna introduce it. I hope that Dad won't be offended by me introducing it ahead of time. But um, because there's a big difference between being able to see in your mind's eye. Um, a person like Nassim Haramin, when he's visualizing something, you can tell. You can tell that he is so deep in his imagery that you could ask him a question, let's say, about, oh, can you build this thing about these materials? And in his brain, he could calculate the qualities of the materials and do all the math in his brain, in his visuals, and just... And that's something that um, Nikola Tesla and Einstein and all these amazing uh, physicians... Yeah, exactly. They would do this work internally. You would have these specialists who could build an entire machine in their mind, create it, make it work, do the math entirely, and then, and then go create it once they knew it worked. They did everything inside their mind. So that's what all the great scientists are doing. They're using the visual aspect of their mind to do this incredible stuff. Well, Dad has trained himself to take the imagery that I'm not sure if Alex Gray sees visually in his eyes or if he just sees it in his mind. That is trained to bring that into his eyes and talked about it as if he, as if he sees the energy through his skin. So it's still a feeling nature, but there's an overlaying nature where he can almost see the toroidal energy or see the different spiraling energy of the clients he's working on. Yeah. So I don't want to go too deep we'll, into that we'll, because once he's... We'll just put it at a basic level. Is yeah. like I feel like where I'm at is like uh, quite a few steps before him. Like I feel like I have a blocker in my visual aspect, yeah. but in terms of feeling, I can feel... I'm very aware of the feeling nature in my own body mm. And that's what guides me in this universe is basically it, every single day I'm not paying attention to the world around me. I'm only paying attention to how the stuff inside of me is reacting to the world outside of me. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant observation of my inner thing. Yep. And so if we're having this podcast conversation and I, you know, I'm caught throughout the conversation, I'm checking inside of me. And it's like, yeah, this is feeling, there's no like tension or no weirdness inside of me. So I'm able to just like, there's, there's flow here. And yeah. that's, I feel like what I'm doing with my conversation is that most of the times I'm just kind of listening to you and I'm seeing where the feeling nature guides inside right. of me. And then yeah. I respond from that spot. Yeah. Whereas for him, it's past, like when I sit in meditation, the, I'll, I'll like see, I'll feel tension in my heart, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll, so that's the first thing I do. Close my eyes, and then I'll just put my consciousness on that that spot. Yeah. And I don't actually know what's happening necessarily, but all of a sudden when I look at it, oh, the tension starts to move. It starts to morph. I look I look long enough, and it's and it clears out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, that feels yeah. good. So it's an introductory level of the same thing. Hundred percent. We're all, and exactly to bring it back down. It's not like. Dad wasn't born with these abilities. He trained it in himself. Yeah. So it is, yeah. it's something that we are all capable of doing, yeah. which is a really, really well, cool part about, about that. It. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, and so with enough energy and enough time, a person can train themselves to do this work or do 
whatever spiritual work they want to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice validating story to hear. So I, I'm, I know you are too. I'm very much looking forward to having him on the podcast. For sure. Um, we are totally at the end of our time though. Yeah. Which, oof, I don't even know what just happened in this podcast. <laughs> I don't know what we talked about. I, I'm pretty sure we covered some cool stuff. It's it, it was definitely flow state. Super flow state. We had the conversation before with them, so we, uh, in the live, we did on Instagram, so it allowed us to really be more in, in our, our flow state energy. Yeah. And we also welcomed some concepts that... We've been kind of on the edge of not wanting to delve into, but it felt right tonight what you resist persists we yes. both know we both know this yes. these are the topics that we actually need to talk about yeah it's yeah. true it's yeah. true so uh on that note uh thank you very much for watching and please subscribe and like and comment 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 oh wait we have to answer do we have an actual comment we do we have one no from, way we do we do we have one i was gonna ask yeah. um so i just wanted to say that wait. like okay never mind sorry go ahead I just wanted to say that, like, first of all, um, I don't know. I, I the subscribing thing is great because it helps us understand that we're doing a good thing. The liking thing helps the algorithm on YouTube, so it mm. it pushes our podcast forward. Yeah. But the commenting uh, is the utmost importance yeah. because, like, we the only reason we wanna we basically we have these conversations on our own anyway, and. So the part that is dope for us is to be able to bring these conversations externally mm -hmm. and then be able to interact with others. So it helps us a lot when you interact. Like that's, mm -hmm. we get a lot of joy when you interact yeah. and comment. And Definitely. like we said on the, on the last podcast, at the end of each podcast, we're going to read the comments and respond to them on our YouTube. So if you watch this one, um, please go to our YouTube, subscribe, like, and drop a comment because we'll read it at the end of our next podcast. Yeah. Okay. So quickly, uh, the question is from Ryzen. Nice. Thanks, Ryzen. Um, okay. So what excites you about the podcast and do we see the format changing as we go? Okay. Um, I guess what really excites me about the podcast is that it's a challenge. Like like I just said, Graham and I have these conversations all the time. And so we kind of get in our comfort zone with them maybe. And when you all of a sudden are broadcasting them, you put yourself in front of people, it challenges our yeah. conversation. It makes us go to the next level of our conversation. It's yeah. like, if you're gonna talk about this, then someone might, might call you out on that. So you really, it starts to deepen your understanding of the things that you're saying. So it's very exciting in that sense for me mm. to go deeper into everything that I'm studying and trying to understand. That's number one. Number two is just the chance to offer people who might not have an opportunity to be in a spiritual growth community or a growth whatever. It doesn't have to be spiritual, but a growth community and just to offer them a chance to be a part of a weekly thing. Like my hope is that there's, a, there's people who don't have this this chance so they're tuning in and every week they get inspired to just go continue their own their own journey and mm -hmm. and grow on their own 
yeah. be because I know things are so much harder without a community. So it's just about building a community with access. And so that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I might not even add anything to that. It's just the thing that really excites me is just the potential for growth and to affect change in the world. That's all I've ever wanted to do. That's all you've ever wanted to do. It's just an opportunity to make a difference on whatever level it is and to share yeah. uh, our, our own growth and our own process with, with whoever wants to listen and hopefully not only have that affect them but have that in turn, it's a feedback loop, right? We're gonna, we're gonna support each other and that part's beautiful. I love that so much. I love that idea. Even, uh, even the fact that we can connect with Jesse. Yeah who had disappeared from our lives for so long and now it's like oh fuck this like genuine connection with Jesse again which is unreal yeah um, okay and then quickly uh, do you see the format changing yeah absolutely 100% from my perspective I 10,000% see it changing because we're so growth oriented that I mean already since podcast number one we've made you know 10 changes I mean how many more changes we can't help ourselves every time an episode ends we're like well how could we improve it somebody makes a comment try this we want to try it we want to we want to be constantly adapting and growing, and so absolutely the format's going to change. You've said it once, which is like we're we're creating a gravitational pull or something around mm -hmm. this. We're creating creating we're mass, building ma mass. Gra gravity is created by mass, right? If you pack something really densely, that's what a sun is. It's the most dense object in the universe. Mm. Pack it really, really dense. The more dense it is, the more gravity mm. surrounds that object. Mm. And so the more we pack, the more we put together, the more weight and mass we give it. Which is why it's not just up to us because yes, we are responding and then acting, but actually it's everybody who's observing outside of us because we can make changes from an internal stance, but every time someone from an external stance offers a suggestion or has an idea and we invite that in, then that's yeah, and grow, that's growing the internal mass, and it and it yeah. creates the change. So it is like he was saying, like this feedback loop yeah. of, and that's how these things turn into what they're gonna be. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very possible. It could be something really cool, and we're both. It's already something really cool, but True. it could be something uh, very. It could get very big. It's True. Very. It always has that potential, but one way or another. Either way, like to sit here and have this conversation yeah. with you is incredibly rewarding on its own. So That's it doesn't enough. ever need to be anything more than that. No, yeah, like this may be, we've both started enough things and ended enough things that <laughs> it's it, like, yeah. yeah, if this ends yeah. and we both move on to our next journeys, but this enhances those next journeys, that's awesome. Or if this goes, that's awesome. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just the conversation and the interaction with people who we aren't getting to interact, especially COVID times. Yeah. New, new energies in our world, growth-oriented, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much, you guys. Uh, thanks for the comment. Jesse Risen. Much appreciated. And yeah, we'll see you guys.